Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fantastic Homeless Romantic Podcast. Today I have a very special guest who I thought I was going to see, but I'm not going to see this time. But we're going to get him back for visuals. Uh, Mr. The Filmmaker, Author, Artist, uh, Cultural Gem, Mr. John Waters. How are you doing today? I'm well. And as I said before, I don't do hair and makeup for Zoom calls. You know, uh, I didn't know you expected to see me. But, uh, and you look good because you have a professionally lit one. I'm on a book tour in hotel rooms that are lit badly. And uh, so uh, you're going to have to just imagine. me. Yeah, we can. I think we can. We're going to put a picture of you up and everybody's going to know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, or you could put your Christmas card that you did of me, the drawing of me. You oh, yeah. That well, that too. I'm going to show everybody that now. So here we have the latest book from our good friend. And it is exactly what is advertised. It is a feel-bad romance called Liar Mouth. And uh, this was the kind of book that afterwards I needed a hot bath and I needed to scrub myself with Brillo pad. Um, it was a typical John Waters, good old-fashioned crime spree, everything, nonstop thrill ride with Botox pets, petty theft, and sentient talking genitals. Um, really, really awesome. Yeah. That's a fair way to describe. <laughs> so I'll I'll ask you some prepared questions in your work, okay? In in especially in this book, but also in the movie A Dirty Shame. Uh, many characters are sexually repressed, only to later experience kind of a euphoric and explosive climax. Is there any truth to this kind of tantric uh, mythology? Well, let me think. In this book, someone the liar mouth hates sex until one man makes her tell the truth, and then he introduces her to sex in a rather uh, unconventional way uh, that I never even knew about before. So I'm always thinking there is new ways for people to have sex. And then right in the beginning, there is a hideous sex scene of um, somebody who explodes, but he doesn't, he doesn't want to have sex then. So sex in my movies is now, I don't think that many people will be masturbating to my book. It's not the <laughs> Tropic of Cancer. Um, but <laughs> uh, maybe though, you, ne you never know really what, what's going to turn people on. But sex in my movies is always ludicrous. And I think I, somebody said once, everybody in the world's sex life is funny except yours. <laughs> well, I thought A Dirty Shame had this great humor that's not, they gave you the bad rating, but still it, it's the type of humor that we all share in private anyway. So, Sure. And this, this book too, at the same time, I mean, it is a dirty book in a comedy way, I hope. I mean, even the sex writing is ludicrous. I think I parody every kind of writing in this book. I, even narrative itself, really, and alliteration, and, uh, alliteration and some of the terms. It is a vocabulary lesson, as you had said. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, there was great, there was some great um, little portions, little phrases in the book, like loner with a boner, uh, fudge dragon, lord of the onion rings, uh, crusty crouches and drifter balls, just... Uh, and an exercise That's of a <laughs> If someone asks you, what are you into? And they say, what was that one? Crusty what? Crusty crotches and drifter balls. Well, that's a homeless hag. <laughs> yeah, right. This is right up my alley. Uh, <laughs> and by curious, by furious, which I love. I tell, I tell my friends, I'm not by curious. I'm just greedy. That's. Well, my friend said that I have a friend and she's a woman. She said, you know, I've had a girlfriend for 23 years, but I don't really identify as gay. I just was always horny, and this worked out better. <laughs> this rings. This rings true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Next question. And the main characters, Marsha and Daryl, they're indulging in all kinds of crimes of including like luggage theft, carjacking, pickpocketing, and uh, squatting, which I personally I love. Uh, what are some of the more bizarre real life crimes you've heard about? Hmm. Well, usually the people that go to so much trouble to steal something so pitiful. Marsha steals just for the hell of it. She thinks lying makes her prettier. She thinks that, and I've done that in female trouble, Dawn believe crime is beauty. Well, in this one, they just like to scam. Even if she doesn't need to steal something, she'll do it just to cause trouble. It makes her feel powerful. She does practice lies, like going to the gym. She'll be waiting in line and just say a complete lie to somebody for no reason. And then it just makes her feel, well, prettier. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I feel like I've met her in real life. I'm just not, I'm not sure. I haven't. You've met somebody that evil? <laughs> it could be, really. Uh, um, all right, number three. There's a character that makes reference to the musician Big Fridia. Uh, have you ever attended Bounce Night in New Orleans or spent any time in New no, Orleans? No, but I met Big Frida uh, and she was great. And uh, I loved the bounce thing. And it sort of started in Baltimore. There was a lot ah. of bouncing done in Baltimore, too. So I have been to Bounce Nights at the Otter Bar in Baltimore. Ah. And uh, I'm all for it. And I think Big Frida's great. Her book is good, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Good to know. Um, yeah, well, we, we used to do it in, in New Orleans. Very sweaty, very fun. Oh, New Orleans. I go there a lot. You know, I'm doing my Christmas show there. The, uh, my favorite place there, as you know, is the Corner Pocket, something that I've talked about. I've, for years. I've took my clothes off at the Corner Pocket. You did? Were you a dancer there? <laughs> I, we would, on amateur night on well, Friday? These, that's the best night. Yeah, these street, yeah, that's what the, the, the times that we would go make the most money because we were all dirty street kids. And so we'd go down there yeah. and take our clothes off for money. And uh, yeah. I took the entire board of the Warhol Association there when we had a board meeting and they all went there and I pictures of them standing there with nude people talking to them. It was really great. They had a good time. Oh man. Yeah. I did a show, an annual show where I got 20 to 25 naked um, dirty kids to come up, play old timey music at the Hi Ho Lounge in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And one year, Andy DeFranco. I, I went there in my life, the Hi Ho Lounge. That's, how could I forget that name? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right on St. Cloud. New Orleans is a special place for sure. For sure. Yep, it is. I used to live there when I was the poorest I ever was in my life with Mary Vivian Pierce and Danny Mills who played Crackers. And it was right before Pink Flamingos opened in New York. And I left my life changed when I went there. And we used to eat in Buster Homes every night where rice and beans was 35 cents. Yeah. It's a famous place that's long gone. Yeah. The rice and beans it remains, though. But also there was the Process Church in New Orleans that I used to go in to look at, the one, the, the religion where they believe in God and the devil are the same person and wear cloaks and everything. Oh, I didn't know that about was, that. That was definitely in New Orleans, yes. That was one of their main headquarters. And then you also have Marie Laveau and the whole voodoo uh, chapel down there too. Just There's always been a room for new ludicrous ideas there. Right, right. I loved it, I loved it. Got scabies, got lice, had a ball. Uh, <laughs> I never had lice. I had scabies. And when I got it, it was called the Provincetown itch. Nobody knew what it was. <laughs> Everybody got it. And then they finally, some doctor had to said it's scabies. Nobody knew what it was. That's worse than crabs. It's like they're under your skin. Yeah, and absolutely. Well, crabs are just, crabs are just pubic lice, but uh, the, the scabies, they're under, and they well, love. No, I knew a girl that had them in her eyelashes. Oh, God. Oh, God. And you'd be talking to her and you'd say, what is that? Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't blink around me. But she had crabs in her eyelashes. Yeah. Oh, sweet Lord. 
Yeah. I mean, they can get in hair. I mean, she had thick lashes, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they may, he was probably just on his way somewhere else, but yeah, that's how it goes. Maybe falling down from her hair or eyebrows. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's enough. That's enough. That's like a little studio apartment for lice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, question number four. In our book, our, our heroine, Marsha Sprinkles, is a snack cracker aficionado. She's crazy about the finest, most delicious kinds of crackers with the seeds in it and stuff. Are you yourself a fancy cracker fan? Well, I like crackers, not to the point <laughs> like that. People used to say to me in Pink Flamingos, are you obsessed by eggs? I mean, no, I like eggs, but no. I, I always give characters obsessions about things because no matter what it is, it could be funny. She could have been obsessed by any one food item. But she liked crackers because she doesn't like anything that's human, really. So she doesn't like defecating. So this gives her really little pellets that fire out without any mess. And she doesn't even need to wipe. Uh, yeah, and I found that to be great. This uh, she needs it for fiber, and it helps her, you know, do her thing. Uh, so, okay, moving on. Number five: a band of crazed trampoline enthusiasts are aggressively panhandling in a truck stop. Have you ever panhandled yourself? Yes, I have, and I was okay at it. Yeah, one time, I my friend got busted, and I had to panhandle one hundred and fifty dollars to get some to get him out, and I did. But um, I was okay at it. I wasn't brilliant at it. But yes, I certainly have. Yeah, there are certainly. Techniques. And when I hitchhiked across, when I hitchhiked across the country by myself to write Carb Sick when I was sixty-six, in a way, that's sort of panhandling. I would like beg people for rides at like at rest stops and stuff, like a pervert hanging outside the men's room when they would come out. Oh, me, we could go back and forth on hitchhiking stories for quite a while. <laughs> it's, it, I don't have to do it again, but I know I could. I know I can always count on hitchhiking. It's un, it also is very, you learn a lot about people in that. People that pick you up hitchhiking are usually very good people. They, they usually have overcome something in their life and they're trying to help other people or are killers or perverts. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they're all three. Yeah. My favorites were the ones that told that said the Lord told me to pick you up, and that happened quite a bit. I never had one of them. <laughs> I know, and, and at I that at that moment, I said, "Well, if who, whatever God you got, I'll 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 roll with him oh, for the next yeah. few hours." And I was hitchhiking. I waited ten hours. If if Ted Bundy was alive and in that Volkswagen, and I knew he was driving, I would have gotten in. <laughs> at some point, I was so desperate for a ride. <laughs> Yeah, he was a smooth talker too. You better watch out. Yeah, uh, but he didn't go after men. I could have probably talked him out of it. Yeah, John Wayne Gacy, however. Oh, him! He was the worst, ugly closet queen. I feel like there's a new book that came out that's really sad about all the victims, what they were like. Mm. Oh, it's very, very sad. And yeah, uh, yeah he was an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I have one of his paintings, but it, someone gave it to me. I certainly didn't buy it. Yeah. He was well, a terrible painter, too. Yeah, yeah, the Pogo the Clown stuff, yeah. Yeah, a bad clown, a big hog, closet queen. God, yeah. He just killed you so you wouldn't tell people. Right, right, because it was the, what, uh, 50s, 60, early 60s, it was still not okay. Well, yeah, he was, well, it's like, Jeff, like Dahmer, he, he just ate you. It was fine until you said, well, I'll be going now, because he had abandonment issues. So he ate you and you couldn't leave him. 
Yeah. And somebody just recently told me how one of the people made an escape and went, made it to a cop. And then, then and he oh, caught, yeah. caught up with him and said, no, I'm, I'll take him back to the place. Yeah. No, I know the cops did a pretty bad job. <laughs> mm. Well, that's a whole nother can of worms. Uh, the police. Uh, so last question, and we're going to try to send you on your way uh, sooner than later because you've got a lot of stops to make and stuff. Um, but we're going to get you back. Uh, the last question I have, you have an extensive library of over 8,000 books. So what are some of the favorites that you've discovered recently? Oh, wow. You know, I don't look through them. I, I do sometimes when I'm trying to find something. I have three homes, though. They're in uh, three different places, and there's not <laughs> one sliver left in any bookshelf. Even on top, you know, when you can put books flat on top of books in a shelf, there's no room for anything. So they're piled on the floor everywhere. Every once in a while, I'll come across a book that I think, oh, God, I want to take it out and look at it, especially in San Francisco because of the places I live on there the least. Hmm. But um, I, I don't know. I know where pretty much everything is. If you ask me to find most books, I can. Um, there's a there's a gray area sort of recently <laughs> where <laughs> if I know which apartment they're in, I can find them. But um, I'll just like these obscure things like glue sniffing and uh, my dad's in jail, a children's book, just really obscure <laughs> books. Uh, <laughs> well, my favorite of all is this book called Extreme Ironing. <laughs> it's pictures of people ironing on the side of cliffs <laughs> and speeding cars and everything. And I thought, who thought that up? Why is there such a thing as extreme ironing? See, that could be something that could be in one of my books. Somebody that's so obsessed with something like that for no apparent reason why anybody would want to do that. That kind of behavior always fascinates me. Yeah, yeah. Obsessive, obsessive behavior. Well, I, I, some of these characters really ring true to me. I don't know. Some of the... Um... I mean, the squatting and everything, it's just... Well, squatting, you mean in a house, not to pee. Yeah, of course, of course, squatting <laughs> an actual house. We used to open squats from, uh, I've done a little bit in Buffalo, and I did some in Oakland, and I did one in Oakland, it turned out to be somebody's house. Did they come home and they, catch everybody in? They came home, and there was hippies crawling out of the windows. Well, I used to do, when we were young, we didn't do that, but we used to get one girl that looked the most normal, get babysitting jobs, and then we'd all be hiding, and as soon as the parents would leave, we'd rush in, and she'd have a party for like 200 people would show up, <laughs> and the parents would come up, screaming, there were people passed out on the lawn, and the babysitter would just run. Yeah, yeah. And escape. <laughs> and, and there's a scene like that in Desperate Living that kind of, I copied that, but we used to do that. But Mary Vivian Pierce was in all my films. She was one of the babysitters that would do that. And we just figured, well, too bad. Once it's over, who cares? They just won't hire her again to be a babysitter. <laughs> but I think it got a little worse than that. I think they contacted the police or people's parents. Yeah, yeah. But later, now everybody's so paranoid that, of course, the police get involved with anything like that. We High school parties don't last long anymore. Well, high school party, when I was, yeah. But now they, they just parents serving liquor and 10,000 people show up and stuff. <laughs> parents go to jail for that now. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they should. <laughs> I was going to tell you, when I was 14, uh, my mom took me to see Pecker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And well, that's a safe movie to see. That was the safer one, but then she was expecting something different because I think she wanted to like warp me a little bit because she had a tendency to like turn me on to strong, strong stuff like Bukowski and Hunter S. Thompson yeah. and stuff like that. So... We, and she was expecting one of your other movies. And yeah, it was more of the 
like you said, family it's friendly. A nice movie. Right. Although it does have in there, it does have things like tea bagging. Sure. And to sit there and, and watch. Virgin Mothers. Yeah. And to watch that with your mother sitting there is always a treat, you know. Well, I gave my spoken word show last night in, um, in Richmond, Virginia, and my sister and all her children and their spouses were there. <laughs> and they had to sit with each other and listen to me talking about fudge dragon. <laughs> You know, so some of these terms, sexual terms, but they seem to be good sports about it. But when my mother was alive, she said, oh, I hate it because even when the most horrible thing happens, the whole audience turns around and looks at me because they know I'm your mother. So it makes it even worse. I have yeah. to be publicly <laughs> humiliated. <laughs> but she she let up at some point and said, well, other people like it. I guess he's doing something right. No, my parents were supportive. Definitely they were. I'm really glad they don't have to read this book. Over. Unfortunately, they're no longer living. But that's the only good thing I can think about. But they would have been so appalled by this book. They, they wouldn't have been able to get through it. <laughs> I, well, I make them read this. You know, it's not, they're not the in, attended, intended readers for a book like Larry. Sure. But do you think it's almost reading this book like... Uh, versus the film like you're trying to get under people's skin and stuff but reading can do no, that no i'm not trying i'm trying to get under people's skin and make them laugh though I'm sure not well that that in I'm space not to make them feel bad i'm making them feel joyous about whoa i never thought of that one or oh god could that happen anything can happen if you can think of it it's already happened yeah yeah i loved it i loved it of course i laughed out loud and was became aroused at several points and also then uh, was points we roused it. Oh, uh, when when he I think he had a hard on and it basically just came shooting through his pants. He like ejaculated, just came streaming through his pants. Oh, that's yes, that's when the kid hits him in the dick. But he right, had, he, hadn't, he hadn't had a climax in a year because he can only have it once a year. His salary is to be able to have sex with the woman that hired him, but he can only do it once a year. And this was that day, but she jilts him. <laughs> And everybody out there, you'll have to read it for yourself to find out what happens in the end. Yes, plenty happens. So much happens that all the characters, if that much happened to any living person that happens in the four days of this book, they'd all be in mental institutions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait till it's ad adapted on Broadway. Well, who knows? You should show the Christmas card. <laughs> okay, so everybody out there, I wanted to make a point to say that me and John go way back. We're old buddies. We go all the way back for, to a few months ago when he found a portrait I did of him, and he liked it. And then no, he... the one on this filthy world. This? No, that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And so, but I, where did I find that portrait of you? I'm trying to remember that you had done of me. I where think, was it? Well, one of your assistants might have found it because it was on the internet somewhere. Yeah, I saw it on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so I called and said, wow, can you do this portrait and uh, for the Christmas card? And you did a great job, even though they made it look much worse than your portrait. Your portrait was more was a better painting. But sure. it was a lottery card where you scratched and sniffed things, so they had to print it with certain kind of paper and everything. But I couldn't have done it without your portrait, so thank you. And, and by the way, the prizes that were involved were incredible. So I'll let people know. I'll you, read a couple of them. Um, so one of the things you could win 10 pounds of ground beef, which was one of the things I was gunning for. And then you had a year supply of anal bleach, uh, Narcan. Uh, we had uh, a vintage Jeff Stryker doll. Ooh, that's how nice would that be? Uh, you know, bottle of poppers, uh, 
Somebody won that. Oh, not did. everybody claimed them all because they didn't want to scratch and sniff them. Somebody mm. didn't win my used porn. Somebody won the poppers, but they lived in Canada, so I couldn't send it to them legally. So I sent them a, some ah. popper crafts. Oh. Make your own. Do your make your own poppers at home. You uh, can, but I don't know how to do it. I don't have a <laughs> popper lab like a meth lab in the right. basement. I said, don't come down here. Don't light any matches because <laughs> this is a this is the illegal popper lab down here. Don't breathe in too much because your butthole may just yeah. open up all the way. Heart attack is coming. <laughs> so yeah. So thank you for involving me in that. And you know. That's fine. And so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to end up scratching the rest of them and I'll get in touch and see if I want anything. If you want anything, you got a year. You got a year till next Christmas when the prizes are no longer applicable. Oh, damn. The expiration date. Um, yeah. So I, it's great to sit here and talk to you and and right. thank you and I'm glad you enjoyed the book. This is day 1 of the book tour. I just had the well, the first and day 2 actually. But okay. I'm leaving right here and going to all Texan Pros, a bookshop in Washington, D.C., and have the signing tonight. Okay. Well, we're going to let you go, and we're going to wave goodbye to everybody in TV land. Hi, I'm waving through the blackness of just audio a, only. Just imagine John Waters waving at you people, and you'll it'll, it'll work. Okay. Imagine me better lit. You're very well lit, though, so you're used to this. Well, it's not it's not professional lighting. This is just me. Well, this but is... you know you have a good lighting. Yeah. You're not in the hotel room where you can't control that. No, no, I actually it was And you're also not seventy-six years old. It matters more. Oh, I'm getting there. I might pass you up here soon. The way I've been living. You're still you're still <laughs> looking like young man to me. So there yep. you go. Straight from praise from Caesar. Oh, I'm a chicken. I'm a Good handsome eye. man. <laughs> All right. 